this uh, Steam Grand Prix tells me I gotta go fast, but I'm just lost. Just nerf it. Decibel level over 9,000. Nice. Man, that would be really, really loud. <laughs> I don't think you could physically hear it. Your ears would explode long yeah. before you got there. I'm yeah, pretty sure have... most of the rest of you would, too. Yeah, you'd be super dead. <laughs> Is that like an ultra brown note? <laughs> I mean, I, it's some kind of note. <laughs> Speaking of notes, that's a good note for starting off episode 162 of We Were Gamers. Welcome back, JJ. Hello. And Michael. It's good to be back. I'm Andy. This is a podcast where we talk about games because we don't have time to play them. We're here for you to tell you what we like to spend time on. I don't... Yeah, that's it. Basically, yeah. right? That sounds good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Michael, at one point when he joined this show, had an amazing version of the intro where he kind of like explained it in one sentence. I have since lost that. So I've been trying to find it ever since. Oh, Mentally, I don't not physically. That was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a fun weekend! Uh, we just wrapped up SGDQ Summer Games Done Quick, the speed run marathon, where a bunch of people from around the globe, in fact, play games as fast as they humanly can, or in some cases, slow walk games that they should be running fast so that they can meet donation incentives. It's a donation charity run. I watched more of this one than I actually think I've watched of any of them. Is that true for any of you? Probably not of any, but I definitely watched more of this one than I have of the last couple. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that I've... I feel like some of the early years I watched literally every minute of some of them, but definitely I, I watched quite a bit more of this than I feel like I have the last couple of these. Wow. A any of them? Like... Like every minute, ha that's seven days. Well, they weren't seven days back then. That's true. Yeah. It was that's like true. a weekend or whatever. And yeah. yeah. I don't know why I feel this way, but I watched a lot of, I mean, I watched a lot of ADGDQ, but um, I feel like especially this year with ADGDQ and right now as with summer, not only did they bring in a lot of new games. They brought back the greatest hits immediately without, like, doing a lot of filler. They found a lot of interesting, fun games they haven't played before, like some of the Looney Tunes games randomly. And then also a lot of um, randomizer runs, we'll explain that in a minute, and uh, ROM hacks and other cool stuff from the kind of, like, fringes of the community have shown up, too. And Kaizo. Yeah. Kaizo, yeah. Which is uh, a shorthand for Super Mario ROM hacks that are extremely stupidly hard, and I like to watch but would never play. AKA Mario Maker Two. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know, but for some reason, not only did they uh, shatter shatter fundraising records for themselves and also <laughs> Doctors Without Borders. <laughs> uh, by raising over $3 million in a week. Um, I thought this is maybe the best one I've ever seen. It Something, everything came together right for this one. I don't know what it was, but the, you know, the involvement of the crowd, 
Um, the the scheduling I thought was great this year, and uh, just start to finish. Oh, it was wonderful. I mean, perfect scheduling. I know, JJ, maybe you don't get a kick out of some of the RPG runs that much, um, but I do get a little happy when they're kind of near the end because people are really into them, which means the stream is really fun to watch at the end, not only because they're raising tons of money, but like it's almost like traditional runs like Chrono Trigger ended this one, so a lot of people knew what to expect and they were there for it, you know? Totally. And I'm like, I'm for that. It is fun when the streamer is having fun and when the people watching are all having fun. I just don't enjoy the fact that those moments of fun get spaced out over six hours when they could finish it with, you know, something like Metroid or a game that's faster and also fun. Right. Um, they did that. I, I really enjoyed the uh, randomizer Metroid Mario or Metroid and um, Link to the Past crossover weirdness uh that they had this year um i think that was a great one and several of those um kaizo style mario hacks that they had were really really fun to watch also did you guys catch any of those yes um so i watched the uh the race uh the blind rom hack relay race oh yeah which was just and it was it was incredibly well put together the game itself and then entertaining for every single round of it yeah and the levels were all like weird puzzle and execution focused kind of things and then also like this strange blend of just like what do you do here <laughs> yeah um you just like you know walk into this random room and it's like barriers on all sides and you have to find a way to squeeze a shell through this little gap to hit a button to start a you know a whole chain of events or whatever the button that turned the room upside down and you had to figure out how to drop a key from the bottom from the top to the bottom yeah yeah oh so cool sometimes in Uh, those i feel like it's a little bit difficult for people to connect to them that don't play them because there's a lot of inside jokes and a lot of internal practice and while you can appreciate like oh okay that button's hard to hit for somebody that would play it from the outside, you're like, oh, I would just get frustrated because I wouldn't know that there's a secret door here or like a, a hidden button or whatever that the runners know because they either programmed it or whatever. So it's kind of a little bit clicky. But uh, what's not clicky, I think that it kind of falls into that category, are the randomizers where the game is still the game, but like all shuffled up. Uh, so, yeah, Link to the Past or whatever. Uh, maybe for me more impressive was the Link to the Past and Super Metroid game put together as a like collaborative slash race thing where I I thought not only was the uh couch aka the the commentators amazing for that one that was maybe one of the most fun runs from the commentating perspective and also fundraising like they found a lot of ways to bring in a lot of money during that run but also like Watching games that sometimes get a little bit stale at these events become almost brand new because you're like, what is happening? Why is Samus finding the mirror shield in, you know, (laughs) that sort of stuff? How do you guys feel about randomizer runs? So I've enjoyed the randomizer stuff. I think in particular the Link to the Past Metroid randomizer crossover I actually dislike a little bit because it crosses over like that. 
and it requires you to be very familiar with both games in a way that you're like, oh, okay, I got the mirror shield here with Samus. Now I can go back through the portal or whatever and play as a link and use the mirror shield to do whatever. And it just like, it it hurts my head a little too much and kind of brings me out uh, of like the, the fun of watching the teams compete. It's interesting to watch, but the race part of it sort of, I feel, I don't know. I don't feel like it makes a good race because the, it's so hard to track who's winning until it gets down to the end and you've sort of seen where all the various paths can go. And then everyone is racing for the last couple progression items or whatever. Right. Yeah. They all hit. Um, it's, it was an interesting, the way they set it up, they kept saying that it wasn't a race because they were informing each other. The two runners were informing each other back and forth the whole way through of where they were finding different items. So like, you know, I found the hook shot here or I found the ice beam there. Um, so that they would have an idea of where to go and, they both together get through the run faster, but at a certain point they hit, um, what's the phrase they use in all these go mode. Yeah. Yeah. Right. For when you found all the items you need to get to the end game in this case of both games, and then it becomes a race. Yeah. I I think the thing that, and I'm sure they do that because these randomizer runs can be so ridiculous and you can just get blocked for so long, like not knowing where something is. Right. You really need like, oh, you need the boots or whatever in Link to the Past to progress here. Uh, I'm just making stuff up. I forget what the progression items are in that game. But, you know, then it's like, oh, you needed to know you needed to go down here and over there in Super Metroid. And if you didn't think to do that and you were looking for something else and like you got an E-tank instead of what you needed or whatever. So, like, they probably did that in order to make it, like, acceptable at the marathon, I would imagine. Right. Because cause I guess if you would do it by yourself and not share information, it could take, like, two hours or something if you're just, like, wandering around being like, I need the silver arrows or whatever, you know? Yeah. And I know, so for me, it, was, it might have been a little different perspective because I know... Um, I know the Legend of Zelda well enough to play the randomizer through myself, uh, and I'm mostly familiar enough with Metroid to know the uh, some of the routing. So for me, it was cool to see the two and to, to mostly be able to keep up with the, oh, they got this, that means they can now open up that. Yeah, I think that's where I fell off on it because I know I've played Zelda like several times, but not enough to know like, uh, do I need the bombs here or the hook shot or whatever? And then I also don't know Metroid that well either. So then it's just like they're getting random stuff that lets them do, I don't know, and they're playing a game <laughs> like that is just some weird alien thing to me. Whereas right, you know, and- like the Mario hacks, I know that you can jump off a shell in midair. It's impossible for me to do that. But I know it's possible. And I'm like, oh, you could probably like find some crazy way to jump off a thing, to jump off a thing to go over there. Maybe it just comes down to what you were most familiar with. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And, and one thing I didn't want to say, Andy, to, to one of the points that you were making about the, the Kaizo hacks is they do and they adopted this from the Mario, Mario Maker community. They give you um, context clues for things that you need to do. And they, they touched on it briefly during the run, um, but they will they'll put certain items in place like different colored coins to signify that you have to use a different kind of jump for your next jump so like blue coins mean you have to use a spin jump 
Huh. Okay. So you were saying yeah. you were All saying right. that you didn't know, you know, you didn't really know how to get through it, but they build in for people who aren't as familiar as these top level players, they build in clues that you sort of learn as you play more of these kinds of levels. And one of the things that I found interesting, I've started following a couple of these Kaizo creators and runners uh, on Twitch and stuff, is that when you, um, I'm especially thinking of uh, Grand Pooh World 2, which is one of the hacks that they ran uh, at the SGDQ. Great run. People should go watch that. It was a lot of fun. Um, but the the beginning of that hack teaches you stuff in like the beginning of each world. You know, it's it's essentially like it's an entire Super Mario World conversion. Essentially, mm-hmm. it has a whole bunch of stages in each level. You know, themed levels and stuff. And they teach you stuff in the early levels that you then have to use in later levels. Not necessarily like, you know, you learn here and then you use in the next level. It might be several levels, but they kind of like they introduce it in a more gentle way. And then they get to the really mess up, messed up stuff that uses those mechanics later. Right. So it does progress, even if it's hard to see that progression from the outside. Um, yeah, and I didn't really get that watching the speed run. Even I didn't find that out until I started listening to them talk on Twitch. Okay, cool. Did you guys have any, uh, like, standout favorites? It could be something we've already talked about, maybe with these randomizers, or just a straight run or something? Yeah, I definitely think the Grand Pooh World 2 run is my favorite one, that Mario hack. Uh, Mitch Flower Power. Very fun. (laughs) Cool. Mine would probably be a split between that Blind World ROM hack, just because of the, the sheer skill of... Mario Super Mario World style platforming um and the link to the past Super Metroid randomizer just because for me um it's two games that I'm so familiar with perfect um I don't I think it's that randomizer run but because the one that I was mentioning with link to the past and um Super Metroid my brain I watched yeah. too much speedrunning <laughs> Um, that was a cool race it's just it i cool. didn't know what i was watching yeah but it's also too long you know like i was entertained because i found the streamers entertaining um the especially the back couch people were very entertaining uh and that's kind of almost what i'm there for more than anything i think it's something that gets overlooked um you know you could watch these on mute and still really enjoy it but at the same time um part of the event is the event and the people in it and the room so either the end of the the entire event where they went from like 2.7 million to 3 million in an hour, I would say that that's people should find um, the Chrono Trigger run and watch that last hour of the stream or so and, and really get a feel for like what it must be like in person to raise that amount of money for charity too. That, that one really, because it's at the end, probably is a standout. Um, and I was kind of really enamored with the Pokemon Let's Go run also. Um, it's a silly game to watch. I'm glad I only saw it for like an hour, but I don't know. Something about it was like really, really funny and cool and interesting. <laughs> did they, uh, I know you mentioned it in our, our group chat. Did they set the world record? They, uh, yeah, I think they did by like eight minutes, but only because they ch- picked Evie as the starter, which was a donation incentive. Interesting. I guess he can so- get a psychic power that they can use to kind of cheat the rest of the game a little bit. 
the chat actually donated for the thing that was faster, that has to be a world first. <laughs> I, you know, when it comes to Pokemon, they may have just voted for what they thought was cuter. And I object as a long time Pokemon. Well, not long time, I guess. As a, as a throwback Pokemon player, Pikachu might be better than Eevee, but Eevee has become its own thing now, you know? Now that it People has like, like Eevee, man. well, now that it has two more evolutions from Gen 4. Oh, we kind of have to talk about Pokemon. Is this a good transition away from SGDQ, or do we should we talk about it more? No, I think we hit the highlights. All right, I yeah. have some Pokemon stuff to talk about. So I did a Pokemon thing this past weekend that maybe we should talk about for a second. I know you're kind of bored, maybe, of me talking about Pokemon Go so much. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what we're talking about yet, so I can't tell if I'm bored of it yet. So they didn't used to have raids <laughs> in the game back when we maybe tested it out in 2016 and then everyone was kind of bored. And not only do they have those raids now where you can kind of get together with up to 20 people and, and fight a very strong version of a Pokemon, like 10 or 15 times as strong as they should be sort of thing. Uh, they have what they call community weekends and they do them a lot during the summer. And this community weekend, they had raids at all the Pocus, uh, the gyms had raids from four to seven. Like, no matter what, every single one, four to seven raids. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. And so people get together in these, like, really populated areas, like the Spectrum near us, which is a huge shopping mall. Um, a lot of those outdoor places where you can walk to a bunch of different gyms. And they, uh, they all go play the game together because you're likely to find a raid and be able to battle you know whatever special pokemon they put in that raid weekend so i went to try one of these out and uh it was more fun than i expected <laughs> because really honestly we were done in about 45 minutes like it wasn't a problem to find a group for any of these things you just walked up and hit the entry lobby other people saw you hit the entry lobby and they joined the lobby and then you did your little Pokemon battle, and people got really into whether they got a shiny thing or not. And uh, that was it. And you got a bunch of items for doing it. And I had a good time with a few people, uh, Ryan being one of them, because he plays that game. <laughs> and I didn't, ex I expected it to be kind of lame, I have to admit. Like, I thought I was going to come on the podcast and be like, guys, this community thing. It saved me from playing Pokemon Go. Not do not doing it. Right? Like, like, oh, okay. The raid battles are basically impossible anyway, so I'm not into it. And, like, there's no way to go further. And the game is gated. And it's time to quit Pokemon Go again. And instead, I came away with the opposite opinion, especially hearing some stuff about this new Harry Potter game, which I'm curious if Michael's going to play, being very into Harry Potter. Um, which Niant Niant Niantic also makes. Uh, which people are saying is kind of like Pokemon Go with more stuff to do. And I kind of realized Pokemon Go currently has the right amount of stuff to do. Uh, <laughs> you can go do the super fancy weekend event thing. You can maybe, if you happen onto a raid during the week that you can like organize or whatever, do it. But also, I don't ever think I'll be paying money for the game. And that's a good feeling in today's world, maybe. I don't know. It was kind of weird, but also kind of awesome. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've uh, I've seen a bunch of people 
um, playing the the new Harry Potter game. I haven't quite been tempted into uh, into signing up for it myself, though. Oh, okay. I kind of figured that was up your alley in terms of like Harry Potter free to play on the phone. Seems like there's a lot to do. I know some people that have been playing it, and they seem like they like it, but also they seem like they are constantly having to like do stuff in it, which then gives me the feeling that it's like one of those games where you got to constantly be on it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I can't just tell if they're like really obsessed or they're just like they're getting into the game, you know? I think right. maybe that's what I like about the Pokemon so much is that like after we tried to play um, Fire Emblem. And it had that stuff where you had to be on there every 20 minutes or whatever. Like just Pokemon just doesn't have that. And that's such a weird feeling to be like, I'm bored and waiting for people at this place. So I will pull out the Pokemon and see if there's anything near here. Or like, I know there's stuff near here and I'm not doing anything. So I will do the thing. But also don't have to feel like everywhere I go, I have to pull it out and like check and see and whatever, you know? I feel like Fire Emblem was a lot more like you had to log in every day and play right. for a couple hours, yep. just like always. Otherwise, you would miss out on free stuff. Right. Pokemon, I didn't feel like had that. And it yeah. sounds like the Harry Potter has a little more of it, but not quite all the way to like Fire Emblem level. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, maybe it'll be good in the long run, but it's it certainly hasn't tempted me. That's for sure. So, well. I know it has probably won't tempt you guys, but like it's doing its job and now I want to play a Pokemon game for real. <laughs> uh I didn't have much more time than trying out that community thing or uh watching SGDQ runs, but I know you guys probably have been playing a little bit of something else that There's actually maybe a is a really good segue here before we do that, talking about games that are free to play. And really want you to log in every day. Did I miss something? Is something happening in another game that's free to play? Yeah, they have overhauled Magic the Gathering Arena to include login bonuses and free to play and account leveling. Oh my god, I'm glad you brought this up because there's something that's been happening in Magic Arena that I'm really pissed you didn't tell me about. Oh? Uh Uh-huh. This is now, they're doing like part five of some sort of huge story arc of something yeah they've been telling the story of war to the spark or war of the spark and you also got like stained glass versions of all the cards what is this i don't understand this what are card styles and why did no one tell me there are cosmetics okay so cosmetics for cards yes you have to have one the card card no Okay. You get the style for as many copies of the card as you have. If you have no copies, then you would, the style is worthless. Okay, I see. Uh, and these ones look like stained glass, and they were part of a story thing that I would love to have taken part in. <laughs> <laughs> I think part five is still on if you log in right now. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Have they said whether uh, they're going to bring back the one through four parts? Yeah, that's going to be a no. Oh, really? They're they're not going to do it. It seems. Oh no! Um, what about also, people that missed one through four. YouTube. Uh, hey, there's this thing called your credit card. I see. Uh, which you can use to buy gems, and then you can buy anything with gems. I see. Also, uh, for the new upcoming set, they are overhauling the way their 
progression and stuff works. Uh Um, if you, if you remember the new player experience in Magic the Gathering, you kind of gained some levels for a while. You get an orb to follow around and then get cards that you probably already have. Orb. Orb. Yes. Orb. (laughs) Uh, well, I hope you liked that because they're going to be releasing a new leveling tree with every standard set now. Starting with the, the newest set, uh, Magic 20. And there will be a new tree and new levels to gain, uh, free for everyone up to a certain level, or you can pay and get access to higher tiers of rewards for those levels. When is the Magic 2020 happening? Uh, like two days from now. Oh. Didn't they just release an expansion? I'm like three months ago or so now. Four months, maybe. What? Three and a half months. Man, it doesn't feel like I've been away from that game that long. They do four a year, so I think that's... Every three months. They're on track, yeah. Makes sense, yeah. Or three and a half or something. How are you... I assume you play this basically daily or weekly, if not daily. I definitely try to play it daily, but obviously I don't always... And I think the unfortunate thing is the way they have changed their rewards with this new system... The previous way was uh, for every 15 wins you got a week, or sorry, every five wins you got up to 15 in a week, you were rewarded with packs, right? So like you get five wins, you get a pack, five more wins, another pack, five more wins, third pack every week, just, you know, get them whenever you want. Play them all at once, get them in one day. If you win a bunch, great. Or play them a day, you know, a game here, a game there over the course of the week and get it done. Well, this new system requires you to be logging in every day in order to gain levels to get the packs. And the levels, uh, it seems, you only get up to like 100 or 200 experience per day from wins, and the rest is, you know, completing your daily quests. So there's no chance to come in at the end of the week and do it all at once on the weekend. No, 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 you've now missed five days worth of logging in or whatever. Oh, wow. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, so that's a pretty uncool change, I think. And there's no way to, like, you know, like Hearthstone, where you could log in and bank up your quests, you can do that to some extent, but you can't bank up that experience you get from wins every day. Whereas before, you were able to, you know, the thing you'd be losing is the ability to, like, earn extra gold or whatever every day. And, like, well, okay, I don't care about the extra gold, you know, but I the packs I care about, and those are gone now. Oh, no. So, that does, yeah. That's actually less incentive... I was kind of like hoping I could get in there and play that last section and then maybe they'd bring those cards back or something because those looked really cool and I like playing story mode stuff. It's not a story mode. You still have to play against other humans. Oh, I thought and it was a story mm-hmm. mode. No, dude. No, no. It's it's PvP, but like with weird rule sets. Oh, I don't want that. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, so they okay. they did one. It's like, hey, build one only using cards from these no, two expansions. Nope, or just, nope, play undo. one where all the counters are doubled every time you put undo, a counter of anything undo, on. Or undo. That kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, there's no player versus environment in this game. It's all PvP. It's you got to play magic against humans. Oh, PvE stuff is cool with cards. I guess yeah. I'll just go back to playing uh, Slay the Spire. Har- <laughs> or Hearthstone. There's a bunch of Hearthstone adventure content that's really good these days, too. That's true. I just have the gold for that because I've been playing. I've said anyway, it before I, and I'll say it again. If they bring in earning card backs you've missed, I'd probably play again. There's an, also a new Hearthstone expansion that was just announced literally the day we're recording this. 
Uh, and how do y'all feel about Reno Jackson? He's back. Uh, so Michael has no opinion about Reno Jackson, but I've <laughs> I heard I, I've heard much about you guys' opinions on Reno Jackson and the the wide gulf that separates the two of you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, no one knows what the card will do, but the character is back because they brought back. the Oh, well, I'm fine with the guy. The guy had great PVE stuff to do. Yeah. So he and the league, including the Murloc and the Elf Lady and the other one, are all back. So, okay, that's all. Okay, it was well, just I too perfect of a segue from free to play stuff. So, yeah, no, I think you're right. Uh, free to play is free to play. Uh, sounds like maybe Pokemon has figured their direction out, which is like, eh, keep the game simple, mostly for kids. Yeah, you can quote unquote pay to win, but really, honestly, you don't gain that much advantage. Like, I've been playing for what? I've been talking about this for maybe a month now, and I have a bunch of Pokemon that are plenty strong for taking over gyms. I get my, if I want to and find a gym to put my stuff in, then I get my daily cash amount total. So really, the only benefit is for people that really want to do well, they have like two accounts and they could pay money, but like, they really don't have that significant of an advantage over people other than looking at their shiny stuff in their collection. And other games like Magic and Hearthstone in the past kind of drifted into the like, we need to make more money, make people log in more so they'll pay money for stuff. Pay to win. Well, yeah. Or pay pay to not have to do the daily stuff. Yeah, that's my worry about this new system with Magic. Hearthstone seems to have kind of kept the till relatively level, but have increased their pace of like adding new cards which is both good and bad yeah. magic has always just been a little more expensive than i think is feasible unless you're playing a ton well they've definitely so. brought over their their what would you call it their market strategy maybe from the play paper cards right it's not yeah. a cheap game compared to a lot of no. the games we played you, you got to get a lot of the cards and they don't offer that many more per pack yeah the the nice thing with magic is that you can kind of build like focus in on one deck at the beginning you'll make it by like you know a month or two into that and then just play that one deck for the entire expansion and then don't deviate <laughs> well thankfully the meta is much more forgiving in that way right yeah because you can play janky stuff and you'll just lose your way down the ladder until you play other people who are also playing janky stuff and then sure. it's you know fun again well the ladder matters much less than in hearthstone in terms of what you're getting out of the play and uh you know, you can't play janky stuff even at the bottom of the Hearthstone ladder because everyone everywhere plays the meta decks, right? So, yeah, just depends on how well they play them. <laughs> All right, we right. delayed it long enough, and you're going to have to talk more with Michael about a game I want to hear about, Castlevania, because it's not Castlevania. It's called something else, Bloodstained Ritual of the Castlevania. Almost. You he were tried. almost there. I, I, I have a comment here. The Switch reviews for this game on Amazon are not good. It sounds like with uh, good reason. Okay. Not so, good reason what is that the... you have discovered or good reason that you have discovered? Tell me. Uh, okay, wait, 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 back up. Andrew, hold on. Okay. Michael, what's the actual name of the game? It is uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Okay, brawn. now your question. Literally brawn. Okay, he didn't have a question. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> did I have a question? 
I don't know. You you stopped to tell us an acronym that no one cares about. Uh, uh, Time out. Got him. Time out. <laughs> Take it easy over there. I didn't mean to insult your Kickstarter. <laughs> I know it's very near and dear to you Castlevania people's hearts that this guy made another game. Be honest. And it's a really good a game. Good okay. okay. Yes. Yeah, he, made a, a he made a very good game. All right. Yeah, this game is rad. Are you happy uh, that he killed everyone off from the previous game? Huh? Uh, it seems that many of the names in the game are people that, like Richter and Simon, uh, that you have discovered are dead. So, in the fiction of this game, like, there are inside jokes to the idea of Castlevania characters that are dead because a bunch of villagers in a town were killed and right. they all were named names of previous Castlevania characters. However, in the fiction of this game, there's not like anyone. Those people were just like random townspeople. So I it's see. not like a. But it is an inside joke that all the townspeople's names are like the names of characters from his previous Castlevania games, which right, is, right. I think, funny. It is good. Uh is it's it a switch just a straight thing. Castlevania game, or is it... Yo, this is, like, one of those Castlevania games he has made in the past. It's a little bit closer to, like, maybe the DS Castlevania games than Symphony of the Night. Okay. Yes, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, but that's not bad. Uh, it's Those are definitely still fun games on their own, for sure. Even if I like Symphony of the Night better, I think that this is still a lot of fun. And especially once you get going uh, and find some of the more ridiculous powers that exist in this game. Yeah. Uh, um, it, it really up. gets some stuff. I like the, the familiar system. Okay. I don't know if you've gotten any of those yet, JJ. Yeah, yeah, I got a couple. Uh, yeah, so, Andy, the, the magic in this is tied to a shard system. Um, think, of, think of materia systems in Final Fantasy games, say. All right. Um, where you have you have five slots to equip to equip one each of five different color types of shard, and each one does something a little bit different. Uh, but one of the types is a familiar type, and you basically get um, a, a helpmate to come in and fight with you. This little dude is just flying around on the screen all the time. And they like attack enemies or heal you or poke at stuff or fly around and be annoying. Generally, they fly around and be annoying, but they try to help sometimes. You got to applaud them for, for trying. <laughs> you just got to love the bad AI. It, it's not the bad AI. It's just this thing is like it's meant to assist you. It's not meant to do the work, right? Right. Okay. You can't just lay back and let it kill the boss well you yeah right um, yeah exactly it, also it would take like 50 years because those things don't do a ton of damage <laughs> truth um although i've heard maybe if you level them up a bunch so okay what do you know about so the shards can be leveled up right yes. there's there's both sure. an alchemy system for leveling them up and then you can also collect multiples of them to make them stronger yeah there's a rank and a grade for each shard uh, and one of those goes up to nine uh, I, think I think both of them number. go up to nine. Okay, so they they might both go up to nine. Um, but uh, one of them is how many of them, how many copies of them you have. And then the other one is how strong it is. Right. So it's like if you have nine copies of something, it's going to be stronger than if you had one. But a level one with nine copies is going to be weaker than probably a level nine with one copy. 
or the I'm, effects might be I'm different. not sure. I think the I think it depends. In some cases, the effects are different because I know I I just found one that increases your chances of crafting additional items when crafting. you craft something. Oh, there's yep. so much crafting in there's this a, game. A there... big crafting system okay. too. Hold on, I don't remember crafting being in Castlevania. Am I just bad memory? Did you? I think that's that is part of what JJ means when he says it's more like the DS ones. Because I yeah. believe at least at least one any of those of the, have crafting. Uh, any of the games that start with D and end with S. <laughs> Dawn of Sadness. Well, so there's there's several of them. There's I think there's Circle of the Moon and Aria of Sorrow, and then yeah, Dawn of Sorrow and. Order of Ecclesia. And was there really that many? D- well, I guess the DS is a pretty long-lived platform there's, overall. There's both the DS and um, 3DS, 3DS ones. Right, yeah. yeah. But the uh, several of those games have systems like this where you had slots that you would get from enemies who would drop. They weren't shards, but they were something else. Um, and you could equip them to do things like double jump or but that's just equipment fly. stuff that's not really like crafting per se no like, no, no. The, the, they also dropped like swords and armor and stuff and this is in addition to those oh these were they were like souls or something yeah, in those I games not remember yeah. that being in any of the castlevanias i ever played you have been missing out those are cool things i <laughs> um, I, I believe but it definitely believe. makes some of the progression in the game kind of strange okay because you'll be like oh okay i killed this boss and he gave me the like the double jump shard right you're like, okay, I know what a double jump is. I understand how this works. I know where there's a bunch of places that I couldn't jump to before. Now I can get there, right? Yep. That one is clear. You marked them on your map. Time to go back. Or it's hard to mark things on your map in this game. That's a bummer. Oh, you get, whoa, you, get whoa, whoa. The, you only get one style of marker for everything. Yeah, that's my point. It's like so I can't can mark flood, like... You can flood your map with marks. Yeah. I just wish there was a way I could be like double jump here. Some other crazy power here yeah. <laughs> ultra jump or something because this isn't high enough here you know right uh and you know it's just been like but some of these powers are really weird and like unusual from even those other games like i i don't know how far you are michael so i just got the um the craft work that lets you grab things from the stained glass spider Okay, yeah. That lets you grab and move uh, certain objects. Okay. Uh, do you have the uh, the mirror power yet? Not yet. Okay. But I've that seen one... I've seen the mirrors lying around in certain rooms and figured that there was some some future use coming up for them. That thing is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I got it, and now I'm like, I have no idea where I can go because the way this thing works is so weird and different from, like, the other movement in the game that I don't know what I do with this thing. Like, I like what places can I get to now? It's harder for me to envision, you know? Sure, yeah. Um, so I'm really interested to see, like, what other crazy stuff they have because that Kraftwerk one works in a bunch of really crazy ways already. You could use it to, like, grab obstacles that are blocking your way forward. But then you can use them to, like, hang and stuff. It's, like, kind of... You feel almost like you're cheating and floating in some ways using that thing. It's <laughs> it's weird. Because, like, you can drag the obstacles. You know, like, they have, like, oh, there's very clearly, like, a movable bookcase blocking this door, right? Right. Grab the bookcase. You drag it back. You can drag it onto a moving platform that then lifts the bookcase up to, like, a higher level or whatever. 
but you can hang off the edge of the moving platform and not be standing on the platform at all. You're just hanging on by the hand. Huh, it's very okay. weird. Yeah. Um, anyway, so there's a bunch of like puzzling what you can do with that, which I thought was rad. Um, and, but this thing, I just, I have no idea what, what kind of stuff I'm going to solve using this thing. Do you yeah, have a I bunch gotta... of the movement stuff that you have to like really practice to do to actually do stuff? Um, like Castlevania had like way back in the day, like if you jumped and then attacked on landing, you actually like kind of like moved further or whatever. Like you, so you, this... you missed an attack animation. So you like attacked faster and moved further. So yeah. this game does have what I think you're trying to explain, which is the like animation canceling on landing from a jump. Okay. Yeah. That's what it was. So, uh-huh. if, so if you, if you jump and like, jump very short instead of like you know you hold the button down longer you jump higher right right but if you just do a really short jump and you attack when you character lands the attack like the backswing animation on the attack is canceled and then you can hit attack again instantly when you land and you can get like two quick sword hits out really fast so like short jumping and attacking makes you attack faster essentially okay did they Uh, did they but that is not like that type of stuff Totally no. You okay. can get by perfectly fine just sitting there crouching and hitting the attack button, which I do <laughs> quite a lot. Yep. Um, there's and there also... are shards that increase your attack speed. Yes. Which there's is great just for like... Like the two-handed weapons, which are slow. Yes. yes. I found one that the, the description on the shard is like, weapons attack faster. I was like, oh, okay. So I equipped like, yeah, one of these big two-handed swords. And then it's hilarious watching them because they swing. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just like this giant sword swinging over your head every time. Yeah. Um, really cool. What do you uh, think, JJ, of the the tech system? The weapon techs? Oh, yeah. So this game has stuff that was also in Symphony of the Night, which I barely ever got into because in a lot of cases I didn't know it existed. Um. That every, like, it seems like every weapon, I haven't gotten all the weapons, but I feel like I'm reading books and there's names of weapons I've never heard of in them. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, go ahead. And, like, it shows you, it's like, hey, do, like, a quarter circle forward and the attack button and the sword will do something crazy. Like, shoot a fireball or give you, like, this big sweeping motion or do some kind of, like, you know, long jump or something. There's a whole bunch of crazy stuff that they've done. Um, yeah, so every every one of the techs is locked into uh, a, one of a handful of certain weapons that you have to equip to learn it. Um, but every time you use it, you get mastery points. And once you master the tech, you can then y- you unlock it to use it on any weapon in that class. Oh, so see, I didn't know to, that part. It behooves you to master them as soon as you can if it's something, if it's a weapon class that you use a lot. Um then you'll be able to use it on any weapon in that class once you've mastered it. So, like, I can use the... I don't remember which katana it is that has the cool attack slash, and then I just use that over and over, and then I can equip, like, an actual katana with good attack stats and use right. it on that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got it. Um, okay. I also, I also figured out uh, just today, by accident, that if you enter the correct button combination for a tech, even if you haven't read the corresponding book it'll show up in your tech list and you can use it so you can kind of guesstimate techs well so there were apparently there are two of them 
one of which, which are exactly the same, except one of them has one more button press than the other. And so I was trying to do the long one because I had read the the associated book for it and shorted the button inputs and performed the shorter one instead, and it added it to my tech list. Wow. Also, I think that if you just knew the inputs, I think it would just accept them. Yes. Yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. You don't have to read the book. If you know the move, you can just input it as soon as you have a weapon that will let you learn it. Yeah. And that's pretty similar to how it worked in Symphony of the Night, where like, hey, if you have this one, the Alucard sword, for instance, it lets you do like a teleport move and a backwards attack like two or three times and then it teleports you back. And you didn't need anything. You just needed to have that sword and know that it could do that. There's nothing anywhere that tells you it works like that. Right. Just like a secret move or whatever. And this, at least in this one, they tell you some of the secret moves. <laughs> um, the crazy one I found is, you, have you tried the one with the shoes? What? Uh, the, the spinning kick or the one where you can, um, the like downward heel smash. I found the, two. The spinning, the spinning forward kick. Yes. You I can think that's chain one of the that. first ones up to three times. Yeah. You can get really far forward in the middle of the air using that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I bet you can. You can input it in the air, and then so you jump, and at the height of your jump, use that kick to slide forward a bunch, to probably to areas you're not supposed to get to without the double jump. Ooh, now, <laughs> now I want to see someone speedrun this. Yeah, I totally believe that. Um, because like I'm sure there's other inputs on some of those shoes or the other early weapons that you know you don't know at that point that might be useful for this but that one in particular seems like you could get some places that you probably shouldn't i'll make you a bet right now that you won't take but agdq 2020 will have this game oh yeah i'd be surprised if they didn't yeah yeah the the next speed run thing they do will have this game because it seems like it's relatively popular also it seems like there's going to be some crazy strats (laughs) <laughs> yes. Cool. And this game seems like it's probably very easy to get brokenly powerful at. It's <laughs> well, like if you knew where to go and like which shard is super overpowered, you just like farm a guy until you get this one crazy shard and then you run around and murder everyone. Well, there's also the um the 8, 16 and 32 bit coins. Have you found any of these yet? Uh you buy them. Yeah. I definitely found one. And I bought like some weird lightning lightsaber thing, which has been cool, but I have now found a way sweeter sword than that. Yeah. So Andy, there's a, there's a, uh, one particular item that you can find and or buy from the shops. Um, they are bitcoins and they come in eight bit. Uh, they may make you buy Bitcoin to play this game. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Is this thing mining on your PC in the background? Have you checked? <laughs> Wasn't that their uh, their April Fool's joke? I think yes, so, actually, yeah. <laughs> That's funny, then. Um, but no, so they have an 8-bit coin, a 16-bit coin, and a 32-bit coin, and you can trade them in for... Um, well, you trade in the 8-bit coin for a very low-level kind of janky weapon, and you might you might wonder... Why am I trading in a limited item for this? Actually, but, early on, those weapons are pretty powerful. And if you have enough money from the early stuff, just buying one of those will like be an instant upgrade for the first like couple hours. Yeah, yeah. In the very early going, that is true. Um, but as you get the higher tier coins, you can use them to upgrade those items into some really high powered stuff. 
Yeah, my issue is that I spend my money too much, and then I don't have any money left over to buy those coins. <laughs> 16-bit <laughs> and 32-bit ones are quite expensive. Yes. But uh, I've just kind of been going nuts with the crafting, man. Like, there's so many shards you can level, and I heard today something that I don't know if I realized. It doesn't seem to tell me this anywhere. If you level some of the shards to max level, they, uh, the passive ones, which yellow? Yes. If you get one of those to level nine, it becomes a clear shard and a it's just shard. an on off switch. And you just keep it forever. It's permanently active if you want it. On-off yes, I, I, they do for the, for the, uh, passive upgrade oh, that okay. it provides. Yeah, I got it, got it. Um, so if, they if do you don't tell want you that have, somewhere. Yeah. If you don't want to have resistance to petrification or, bonus strength or something you could turn it off god knows why you would want to turn it off but yeah if you wanted to be weaker i guess but the ones i <laughs> i saw some people online talking about ways to farm money you can get there's a there's one that makes the candles and the like various lights and stuff drop coins worth more value okay there's, there's another one that increases your luck stat and yep. luck makes it drop nicer items and there's some kind of shard that makes you run crazy fast, which I haven't found yet, but sounds cool. Okay. And you use all of those together. You get those two up to level nine, and then the crazy run speed one, and you, there's this one really long hallway with tons of candles in between it. Mm-hmm. And you just run up and down this hallway, and they're dropping like 100 and 500 coin candles from every <laughs> candle that you run by. And it's just like zipping back and forth down the hallway breaking every candle and making like 40,000 gold in 10 minutes or something. Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> yeah, being like <laughs> totally breaking the economy of the game. I have no idea how you get all those things because I haven't found like, I found the Augment Luck shard, but none of the other ones. I don't think I have the Augment Luck one. I have a I have a couple of the weapon power up ones. Yeah, the attack speed one has been my favorite, the one I've kind of just kept on there the whole time now that I got it. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, it's I couldn't even tell you who I got it from because I just I, you just kill stuff and stuff shoots out of it. You know, <laughs> the uh, the compendium, the bestiary in this game is is dangerous for me. Oh, there's so many. Oh my god! Because it's like, oh, there's another drop that this this enemy has. I gotta farm it until I get it. And you know, there's definitely like multiple places I've already run into where it's like requires the so and so key to get through here. Yep. And you're like, oh god, now I have to come back. <laughs> like I already know this. There's more stuff over here. It's it's one thing if you see like, oh, I can't jump up there. You know, okay. It's like I'm gonna get the like double high jump or something, the triple jump or something that's gonna get me up there. I, I know about that. But when you just come to a place where it's like, well, you need a key, and you're like, okay, game. I see what <laughs> you're doing. I see what you're doing over here. Uh, it's been really fun. Um, on the subject of the Switch port, though, Andrew, you asked. Well, yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't sound like any of this would be stuff that I would complain about. Like, it seems like much more than what I would have expected from a Castlevania game. Maybe a little bit intimidating, but nothing that I would see, like, people leaving a bad review about and be like, there's too much stuff in here. Yeah, so I don't know what that those people are complaining no, no, about. The, I don't think they are. I just wonder, like... Why is it a two-star Switch game on Amazon? So the Switch port has problems, Uh-oh. Uh, technical ones, in that if you compare the two games, right, obviously the Switch is less powerful. It's not going to look as good. Kind of was a given, right? Okay. Um, I That part doesn't bother me. Uh, I have, have a physical copy of the Switch game. Um, 
by the way. So just to make so, it clear. Well, I have a question about that at the end of this. But some people have ported their games that are demanding and they just down the game a little bit to like 720 yep. and... So they, oh, they've definitely down it. I don't know what to, but it's certainly quite a bit lower than the PC where I'm running it like up above my monitor's highest resolution and everything looks beautiful and amazing all the time. Um, but I, the frame rate, man, it's painful in a few places. I've only played like the opening areas, but uh, it is tough. There's some parts where like you start, you get into the level up animation and, you know, the a big swirly thing comes on the screen and tells you that you leveled up or whatever that happens on the PC. You know, it's intentional that it stops for a little bit when you hit the level up animation uh, that, but that's intentional. That's how it works on the PC. Also, that's just right. how the game is intended to work. It really stops on the switch though, man. It's <laughs> letting you know, <laughs> Hey, hold on here. Let me give you two frames. Okay. <laughs> savor this level up oh no yeah. so and i have heard reports that when you get to some of the busier and bigger rooms later in the game that it really chugs um which these are the kinds of things they can fix with time you know hopefully some patches and stuff also apparently the initial release of the game if you just put it in and play and you don't download the update there's a progression breaking bug that will is unfixable and will kill your game so what so what what's the fix for that? I mean, like you've got a hardware release of this in a in a cartridge. They can't fix. They can't patch the, all that. Possibly, can they? The patch okay. was out the day the game was available in hardware, so you had to pl- plug it in and download the patch before you started playing. Not just if the game breaking thing, but the the chugging and all that. How do you? How can they possibly fix that? Uh, yeah, you fix that with patches, man. That's the only way. Oh you, man, that's gonna be a rough go. So uh, they have uh, apparently uh, letters to the backers went out uh, or not letters, but, you know, emails to the backers and stuff and said that they have heard people's complaints about the quality of the switchboard and that they are working on it. So um, I don't know what that means, um, but they sounded very contrite and sad and that they were refocusing some of their development efforts to get the switchboard back up to snuff. So huh. uh, and I, I will say this. This is probably a good time to interject this. I am very it is very nice to have my faith in a Kickstarter game actually pay off. Totally. Uh, ours paid yeah. off last on the uh, Battletech thing, but yeah, it seemed like they were headed down the possible road for uh-ohs there well, for a minute. Well, you know, it was one of these where it was like a mega successful Kickstarter, right? Like um, Mighty Number no. 9 was, right? And yeah. just kind of like it was super successful back in the heyday of the Kickstarters. They kind of stopped doing them because of, you know, things that have happened since and some not delivering. Or and the Epic one. Store debacles where they have now changed what codes you can get. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, so people have kind of become wary of these Kickstarters and how they have delivered or not. And this one had been gone for a pretty long time. It originally came out and promised Wii U versions of these games. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, three, and 3DS versions and PlayStation Vita versions. No. Uh, obviously, none of which are going to happen. Um, and they have they made that clear to the backers a long time ago. Uh, it gave you the option to change your keys to other platforms or get refunds uh, at that time. So, um. You know, it, they make they made good, but they've been gone a long time. Uh, and you know, it's just good to see that they actually came out with a game that is fun to play and feels like the thing they promised. You know, yeah. Um, which I feel like one of these Kickstarters needed a win. <laughs> <laughs> 
This one definitely delivers. Yeah. So I, I've been having a great time and I'm excited to play more probably, you know, later tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a PC port only kind of suggestion from us right now, maybe? Uh, I, I'm, I am told the PlayStation and the um, Xbox versions are good. I haven't played it, so I don't know. But people seem to be okay with those versions. It's really only the Switch one that people seem to have issue with. Okay. For now. Hopefully they'll fix it up and then it'll be play wherever. Because this game is the kind of game you definitely could like pick up and play for 20 minutes, find a save point, shut it down. Right. Seems like you would want to play it on a Switch. Like a lot of stuff that we've been talking about seems like, huh, I could, yeah, I could see myself playing Castlevania in 20 minute chunks. Sure. Put it on my Switch. Yeah. You don't even, uh, you don't even have to find a save point. It's like a Metroid. Oh, right. Yeah. There's a suspend, right? There's a single, there's like a single use save system. Yeah. Right. I forgot about that. I have never used that and I should. Handheld. (laughs) You do it. It does it automatically when it's handheld. You wouldn't know that. Oh, I meant that the game has like a single use save inside it. You could do it with the PC also. I just have forgotten that the system exists. Got it. Okay. Cool. Right on. Um, man. We tried some games all on the stream, just so people know. There's a video out there of us playing Portal 2 while JJ was gone last week on YouTube. Uh, some World of Warcraft stuff also. I think we've kind of run out of time for talking about games today, but there's a lot more to talk about next week, I'm sure. We didn't even do any news. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's always a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, by the time this comes out, I just have to mention Stranger Things. It's coming out soon. Yeah, yes. we'll have to talk about that soon. Okay, we'll can we do like a soon. can we do a podcast on that? Just like Stranger Things only podcast. Probably, yeah. I'm sure we'll have enough to talk about. We're to gonna film. watch it real fast over here. I'm sure because that's one of those things that will not. It's like open bag of Oreos. It's not going to live long over here. (laughs) Word. You know what I mean? Like if you just leave it on the counter, well, they'd go stale if we don't eat them. Yeah. I have a feeling. Just one more. Yeah. I have a feeling we'll be doing some of that over here too. So. Okay. Yeah. We'll get, there will be a Stranger Things podcast coming sooner or later. Right. Sooner. Yeah. Sooner. Yeah. Uh, Keep an ear out for that. Keep an ear out for our Star Trek pods, sub pods on the feed and on YouTube. Uh, you can find yeah. us anywhere on the internet at We Were Gamers. And until then, go be a vampire. What are you in Bloodstained? Are you a vampire? No. You are a shard binder. Yes. A shard binder. Basically, you are a, a manufactured demon hunter. Why are you stained in blood if you're not a vampire? Shards are bad, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what I've gleaned about the story thus far. Yeah.